from the WIA News Hub in Brisbane and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1 WIA. Yes, for April the 24th, it is a hoppy Easter and don't forget tomorrow on the 25th to take time to remember Anzac Day. This is the WIA National News. We've got a lot of news, so let's get right down to it. This is Michael Owen, VK3KI. In my comment published in the April issue of the WIA's magazine, Amateur Radio, I discussed the fact that a Freedom of Information request had revealed that the ACMA did not have any policies in respect of the transmitting equipment authorised to be possessed by an amateur or in relation to the inspection of amateur stations and set out the WIA's view of what would be appropriate policies. Since then, with WIA Director Peter Young, we have met with senior ACMA staff who included Mark Loney, Executive Manager, Operations Branch and staff from the Compliance Operations field operations and industry partnership areas. At the meeting, the WIA's concerns regarding the station inspection program and the legislative basis for the some of the outcomes of individual inspections were presented. The ACMA advised that the inspection program was undertaken as a proactive measure to combat interference issues as well as educate and generate awareness among the amateur community of their responsibilities. The WIA has now been advised by the ACMA that its contribution is appreciated and that the ACMA is keen to continue to work with the WIA on these matters. We are told that the ACMA intends to review the station inspection program in light of our concerns and the information gathered from the visits to date. The ACMA points out that the matters raised from the station inspection program are to be distinguished from station inspections undertaken as part of necessary inquiries resulting from a complaint of interference or an investigation where there are reasonable grounds to suspect there has been a contravention of the Act. The WIA welcomes the opportunity to work with the ACMA to develop workable solutions to a number of legitimate concerns. You're listening to WIA National News on most amateur bands throughout New South Wales from VK2WI Sydney and affiliate relay stations. For details of frequencies, visit www.arnsw.org.au. WIA National Field Day. A summary of what occurred on the day just last Sunday. The Hills Amateur Radio Group, Western Australia, had a successful day at Sturk Part in Kalamunda. They were joined by the representatives from the Scouts, Ham College and the WIA. Bill Rose, VK6WJ, reports that apart from gaining potential new recruits to amateur radio, a few dropouts had their interest rekindled. Visitors often mentioned they were at Sturk Part as a result of media coverage. 
The Central Queensland Amateur Radio Association, the newest in Australia, set up at both the Mount Morgan Range and in the Bunnings Warehouse car park in North Rockhampton. It had a range of visitors and relied upon battery power with solar backups. Also at Bunnings was the Elizabeth Amateur Radio Club at Parafield, a multi-operator affair using field equipment with independent power. The North East Radio Club of Adelaide set up its station and exhibit at the Golden Grove Shopping Centre. President VK5ATQ reports a reasonable amount of passing customers and a great day for club members gained practice of operating portable. So much of a good time was had, they'll all be back on Anzac Day, Monday the 25th, to do it all again. The Wyala Amateur Radio Club participated with Port Augusta Club members, along with other local radio operators, setting up their portable stations in Gladstone Square, right in the city centre of Port Augusta. A permit was issued which included use of a 10-metre flagpole, a point for the off-centre-fed dipole cut for 80 and 40 metres. Plenty of contacts were to be had with about 30 visitors. The Redcliffe and District Radio Club north of Brisbane set up a couple of tables outside of Kmart at the Kipper Ring Shopping Centre. Although a number of good inquiries were received, the club and the location are under review for next year. Cradle Coast Amateur Radio Club took to Hiscott Park in Penguin, VK7. Quite a few members of the public saw what they were doing and asked sensible questions. While the Secretary, Dave Clellan, VK7DC, reported the logbook included a few DX stations, most of the Australian contacts were made on the HF bands. The Tark Incorporated was on the Strand right alongside the main walkway. Richard VK4FRJG reports that nine operators used the portable station and proved to be an interest to the passing pedestrian traffic. Winners last year, Amateur Radio Victoria, stuck with its proven success at the Point Jellybrand Heritage Coastal Park. The day can be summed up as greater activity and a more enjoyable experience than even last year. Eastern and Mountain District Radio Club tried something new, setting up outside the J-Car electronic shop at Mulgrave. Richard Holmes, VK3TXD, as a visitor, was most impressed by what the public had to read, see and hear. The venue chosen was one of the busiest to show off from a marquee with both HF, VHF, UHF and D-Star. Outside was fox hunting, mobile operation and amateur television on display. In fact, Richard, VK3XTD, found it difficult to identify a major part of the hobby not adequately represented. The EMDRC had a second station at Lilydale Park. John Fisher, VK3DQ, reports one of the earlier visitors was Councillor Tim Hennan from Billanock Ward. He popped in to have a look at what amateur radio was all about. A number of calling CQ leaflets and a flyer about the club was also readily handed out. A large Delta Loop antenna was the mainstay of the day's HF operations. In contrast, the weather was not good at the port. Port Macquarie, leading to the cancellation of outdoor activity by the Oxley Region Amateur Radio Club. However, President Henry Lundell, VK2ZHE, reports that members checked out other venues before converting to home stations. Well, there's always next year, and certainly there will be another public relations event for amateur radio held in 2010. And now, from Addison House, the weekly WIA director's spot. This is Peter Young, VK3MV. WIA Director and WIA Monitoring System Coordinator. The WIA Monitoring System is an important activity that detects and reports unauthorised emissions in our primary HF bands. These are known as intruders. 
In the year 2010, a small group of amateurs provided 2016 detection reports of intruders. These reports are collated and passed to the Australian Spectrum Regulator, the Australian Communications and Media Authority, each month. Due to the itinerant nature of some intruders, the ACMA may have difficulty in determining which ITU member administration is responsible for these intrusions. The WIA monitoring arrangements are part of the International Amateur Radio Union monitoring system and along with other member societies, intruder reports are collated by regional coordinators and posted on the respective IARU regional websites each month. The system of reporting is very important activity for without regular reports to spectrum regulators of intruders and their removal, our HF bands would be progressively taken over by other services. Want to know more information? The WIA website has information under the Members tab where the latest reports from Australia and other IARU regions are provided. There is an excellent monitoring handbook from Region 1 that provides technical information on how to identify various intrusion emissions. There is also an online reporting form as well as an Excel spreadsheet template. Help protect our HF bands. The WIA needs more volunteer reporters. From the WIA News Hub in Brisbane and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1 WIA. Around VK we go, and don't forget RADCOM 2011. This is the ACMA's fifth conference on spectrum management. RADCOM's 2011 will be held at Sydney, May 26 and 27, a two-day conference presenting an exciting opportunity to hear the latest spectrum developments. Also in VK2, the Hornsby and District Amateur Radio Club will once again be activating VK2 IMD for International Marconi Day. This will be on the UTC day of Saturday, April 30, meaning they'll be on air from 10am Sydney time on Saturday until 10am on Sunday. The club will be operating on a range of HF frequencies during this period. The HADARC activation is because Ernest Fisk received the first direct radio message from Britain to Australia sent by Mark Coney from his station in North Wales at the Fisk home in Warunga, close to Hornsby. The house, but sadly not its antennas, remain there today, not far from Warunga Park. Searching Facebook for VK2IMD should find an event page for this event. HADARC is also pleased to announce that both candidates at its recent exam sessions were successful, one entering the hobby at standard level, the other at foundation level. If you also wish to study for a licence or take exams or know somebody who does, please contact the club and you'll find the club, the Hornsby and District Amateur Radio Club, by googling that or better still, go direct to wia.org.au and check out the VK2 area in club pages. VK3 and a Victorian man has threatened to kill police officers and broadcast their home addresses over a police communications radio channel, the Ballarat Magistrate Court was told this week. Charged with multiple offences, including knowingly interfering with police radio communications and resisting arrest, the court was told how the accused, now sentenced, obtained code specific to the Region West Division 3 police channel and began broadcasting, causing severe disruption and interference to police operation. The transmitter is alleged to have been purchased on eBay and the codes to breach the police communications radio channel obtained from the internet. Melbourne City Council will use high-tech underground sensors to detect motorists who overstay their park by just minutes. 
a trial of new in-ground sensor technology showed almost one in five drivers overstay their time period. This technology will alert parking inspectors seconds after a metre expires and will catch an additional 50,000 cars per year. In VK4, the Brisbane to Gladstone Yacht Race left Shorncliffe on Good Friday. The first Brisbane to Gladstone Yacht Race was held back in 1949 and saw just seven vessels start, two only which carried radios. What did the others carry? Well, Brisbane's homing pigeon club supplied pigeons to the other for position reporting. Each yacht issued with birds and released two birds each day. VK7, congratulations, outstanding achievers of the University of Tasmania. Thomas VK7NML and Andrew VK7AL both appeared on the University of Tasmania Outstanding Achievers list for 2010. Now it's to VK8 and what's happening up in the north? Well I can tell you that the drives arrive with a vengeance. The fans are off and the dunas are out already. That means an influx of visitors is almost upon us. The word is out. The moisture is pretty well gone. The wet is gone. Just a whisker under three metres of rain since the beginning of October till now. It's been a big wet. It means that it's time to really consider joining us for the WIA National Conference for 2011 now that the wet has stopped. Darwin will still be green for you, that's for sure. Book your rooms at the Mirambina Resort for the special conference rate and you can stay on after that at that same rate. How's that? Come on up and be part of the special occasion. A welcome dinner not to be missed on Friday night the 27th of May at Darwin's famous trailer boat club in Fanny Bay, overlooking Darwin Harbour. Saturday's AGM and papers, and then some special presentations in the afternoon, or a special look around Darwin led by members of Darwin Amateur Radio Club, The Locals. Followed by a great conference dinner in the Treetops restaurant with special guests. Sunday, don't forget your togs for a trip to Litchfield National Park. A swim in the creek? No crocs. A pier at the Magnetic Anthills? Then a barbecue lunch and a swim at Wongai Falls. What a great way to spend a Sunday. And then follow that with a trip to Darwin's Mindle Sunday Markets for tea as guests of the Darwin Amateur Radio Club. It will be a great weekend having fun with friends. Register now at www.wia.org.au and book your airfares and your rooms now. Time is running out fast. This has been Spud on behalf of the Darwin Amateur Radio Club and the Wireless Institute of Australia. Not a sound to be heard. We pause and remember another silent key. Victor Kilo 5, Zulu Queen, Murray Burford. Murray's wife Pam has advised VK5NU that Murray is now a silent key. He passed away 2am Saturday, April 16, aged 79 years. Murray, VK5ZQ, had been ill with cancer for quite some time. Murray contributed in a number of ways to the effective functioning of the now superseded VK58 division of the WIA. In particular, his long-time role in conducting the division's classes for intending amateurs was much appreciated and was a major factor in the decision some years ago to grant Murray life membership of the WIA. At the 2006 WIA AGM, Murray was awarded a President's Commendation, recognising his commitment and professionalism as the producer and presenter of the Sunday morning broadcast heard in VK5 and 8. Murray provided this service over a period of about 15 years, up until the introduction of this WIA national news broadcast, which substantially replaced locally prepared national sessions. 
Murray delivered these weekly broadcasts with very few personal interruptions, except for breaks of about three weeks over the Christmas to mid-January period each year, and a very occasional holiday, even soldiering on while receiving treatment during a period of poor health. Murray's program material was obtained from a wide variety of sources. They were thought-provoking and created comments. Murray's programs were always carefully thought out, well-prepared, and did give pleasure to all in VK58. Rest in peace, Victor Kilo 5, Zulu Queen, Murray Burford, now Silent Key. Produced by Q News for the WIA, this is the National News Service, relayed throughout Australia and originates from VK1 WIA. International news with thanks to RSGB, Southgate Amateur Radio Club, the ARRL, Amateur Radio Newsline, NZART and the worldwide sources of the WIA. I'm Jason, VK2LAW. Community radio helps rebuild New Brighton Christchurch after February earthquake. Wellington-based Radio Heritage Foundation had the idea of bringing a mobile radio station to support the eastern suburbs of Christchurch. In less than 10 days, a licence was granted and Southland broadcaster Chris Diak had moved a mobile radio studio into the main street of the seaside suburb of New Brighton and Radio New Brighton was on the air on 102.1 FM. Radio New Brighton has become an integral part of the eastern suburbs recovery and rebuilding process with locals calling into the studio to chat about lost pets, hot shower facilities, stores reopening, public meetings, children's events and much more. The Radio Heritage Foundation, holder of the radio licence for 102.1 FM, now wants to see a permanent community radio station run by locals established in New Brighton once the current emergency broadcasts end. The Radio Heritage Foundation is a registered non-profit organisation Connecting popular culture, nostalgia and radio heritage and its global website is radioheritage.net. Another of its helping rebuild Christchurch projects involves restoring the original 3ZB radio studio and transmitter building in New Brighton in time for its 75th anniversary in 2012. Hello, hello. The number of prisoners testing positive in random drug tests is at an all-time low, says New Zealand's Corrections Minister Judith Collins. New laws targeting drugs and contraband, cell phone jamming at all New Zealand prisons and increased vigilance by corrections staff have made it much harder to get drugs into their prisons. The Corrections Amendment Act authorises the department to electronically detect, monitor and jam radio communications in and out of prisoners and allowed for the monitoring of prisoners' phone calls. SARL says New South African ham radio regulations have errors. The New South African radio regulations that were published on March 31st and came into effect on April 1st are causing concern to that nation's ham radio community. This is because a number of mistakes have crept in, which telecommunications regulator ICASA is reportedly working on to rectify as soon as possible. According to the South African Radio League, the problem is with the new regulation for the Class B or ZU licence and it's incorrect. This is because the word under was left out before the words 20 years and this leads to a situation where if you're over 20 years of age you cannot apply for a Class B licence. If you have a Class B qualification, you will automatically be able to keep the ZU licence until you reach 25 when that licence is automatically cancelled. 
4G, the European Commission, has ruled member states open two radio frequency bands to the newest generation of mobile devices to enable faster internet use on the move. EU member states must implement the new rule to allow fourth generation mobile devices access to 900 and 1800 MHz radio frequencies by the end of the year. Alexander, UY0LL, says last month the Ukrainian government confirmed new rules for radio amateurs, including a significant loss of all or part of 15 ham bands. Full details in our text edition of this WIA news when you visit wia.org.au. Kakakati never has so much attention being paid by so many to just two. The April 29 wedding of Britain's Prince William and Kate Middleton will be watched by about two billion people worldwide. The nuptials will draw a crowd in anticipation of drawing an audience and one estimate has 8,000 TV and radio reporters and support staff from around the world in London covering the nuptials. CNN alone is said to be sending 50 US staffers to complement 75 from its London bureau. Even the Weather Channel is planning some special wedding programming and the BBC will have around 30 TV cameras inside the Abbey. And don't forget that special prefix in use from the mother country, GR. Across Australia from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News. In Mildura, it can be heard on VK3RMA 146.800 every Sunday at 9.30am. Special event stations, DX and Beacon and Net Advice, I'm Felix VK4FUQ. New SSTV net starting up. Bob VK4DA sending out the feelers to check on the feasibility of starting up a slow scan TV net. Possibly around 2pm to 3pm with pictures exchanged possibly on 10 metres and voice liaison on either of the Townsville voice repeaters. If you are interested in being part of the net, drop Bob a line letting him know what hardware, software you can throw together. A preference for day and time and frequency for the net. Pass the word around to anyone you think might be interested as well. Bob reminds us that even foundation calls can participate in the net in receive only mode, yet still comment on the liaison frequency by voice and what they have received. TC-57A, special event station from the battlefields of Gallipoli. They have to set up the station between the 21st and 25th of April. First activated as TC-57ALAY in 2007. The special event commemorative station for the 57th Regiment Martyrs is active every year at the end of April as TC-57A. Special emphasis is on contacts made with VKZL stations. QSL via the Bureau. Details and photos from previous activities are on the website and that address is best found when you read the text edition of this WIA news when you go to wia.org.au. Broadcast monitoring SWL and scanner news. Radio station WSM's Nashville Radio Tower that has broadcast the Grand Isle Opry since the 1930s has been added to the USA National Register of Historic Places. The 808-foot tower was erected in 1932. Intruder Watch, Enforcement Zone. Intruder Watch, OTHR, Over the Horizon Radar, 80 metres. We have never come across Over the Horizon Radar on 80 metres. However, anything is feasible. John ZL1GWE says, With my ears, it sounds very similar to the stereo radar system, which has been plaguing the 40 metre band in the CW and digital segments. Any reports are, as always, welcomed. Samples would be appreciated if heard. John ZL1GWE MS at nzart.org.nz 
Sample sound files are available on the NZAIT website. Media Watch. A look inside Amateur Radio Magazine for May. Here is Barry Robinson, VK3PV. Featured in a cover story is the unveiling of the commemorative plaque during the formal opening of the WIA offices and naming the building as Anderson House. WIA President Michael Owen, VK3KI, explains the purpose of the occasion before a gathering of the board and WIA members. Further to the board holding its pre-AGM meeting and among other matters, it decided to introduce a student rate as well as increase the members' general annual subscription. Among the articles are Ash Long, VK3SSB, who gives the rundown on the Western Victorian Jota Jyoti weekend. An introduction to stepper motors is detailed by Jim Tregellis, VK5JST, while Bill Isdale, VK4IS, talks about the hotter days entitled Murphy's Emergency Communications. Ever wonder about the use of ladderline? Well, read the Foundation Corner piece by Jeff Emery, VK4ZPP. There is do's and don'ts of the Enfred ZEP antenna, use from the trials of Wayne Picard, VK2ACY. And for the tourists comes amateur radio, bushwalking, photography and fishing in the central highlands of Tasmania, as explained by Brian Morgan, VK7RR. Regular columns on shortwave listening, AMSAT, ALARA, DXing and the higher bands make for a lot more reading in the May edition of Amateur Radio magazine. A WIA membership service and also available at selected newsagents. I'm Barry Robinson, VK3PV, and you're listening to VK1WIA. Thanks for that, Barry. That's what's happening in May AR magazine. And what's happening on the WIA website? Repeater listings in Excel format. Yes, we've had many requests from people wishing to download the repeater listings in Excel format so that they can use them to program their radios. We're pleased to announce that the information is now available in Excel format, downloadable from the repeater section of the WIA website. That's under the members area. And also a reminder about call signs at wia.org.au. Yes, your call sign at wia.org.au email address. The perfect way to maintain a consistent email address as you may choose from time to time to move between different ISPs. You can apply for your call sign at wia.org.au via the form on the WIA website. It's time for this week's Worldwide Special Interest Group News. And today we have news in the digital area. A reminder that the Australian Coordinator for TCPIP Domains is Indy, vk2xb at wia.org.au. Time Division Multiple Access, TDMA, is a channel access method for shared medium networks. It allows several users to share the same frequency channel by dividing the signal into different time slots. The users transmit in rapid succession, one after the other. Each has his own time slot. This allows multiple stations to share the same radio frequency. The ARRL has filed a petition for rulemaking and a request for temporary waiver to authorise the use of single time slot, time division multiple access emissions in the amateur bands at or above 50 MHz wherever multiple time slot TDMA is authorised. The ARRL, which called its petition very narrow in scope, 
seeks to facilitate the use and experimentation by radio amateurs with existing narrowband spectrum-efficient digital voice and data technology. Such technology is now in regular and increasing use in the private land mobile radio services. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Rescue Radio. A reminder that the IARU Region 3 Emergency Centre of Activity, or COA, frequencies are as follows. 3.6, 7 .11, 14 .3, 18 .16, and 21.36 MHz. Only one global set this year. IARU Region 1 website shows Greg Mossop, G0DUB, the IARU Region 1 Emergency Comms Coordinator, as saying, Unfortunately, there will only be one global set this year, which will be on the 12th of November from 1100 to 1500 hours local time. This is due to work pressures on the organisers of the set, which have limited the time to prepare reports from earlier events and properly organise activities for the next set, which should have occurred in May. The emergency communications coordinators for Region 2 and 3 have been consulted on the cancellation of the May event and have not made any objections. Please send any comments to the Region 1 Emergency Communications Coordinator. The decision to cancel the May Global Set is regretted, but it's felt to be in the best interests of the event. Well, that's all I have for you this week. This has been Robert, VK3DN, reporting from Melbourne. Thanks, Robert. And that's all I've got for you this week. Yes, the end of the WIA National News for week commencing April 24. I'm Graham VK4BB, wishing you a... Happy Easter, and remember, tomorrow is Anzac Day. Take that time to remember those who have given their all to this great country of ours. Till we see you again, walk softly. In the nation's capital, with amateur radio news from across the globe, this has been the WIA National News Service. Local news and callbacks follow on most affiliates. We'd appreciate you checking in. VK1WIA. We've reported, you decide.